Polywanna Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. The voices you hear, including the hosts, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds for half an hour. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Britt. I'm the host of Polywanna Podcast, brought to you by the Year Zero Podcast, produced by Gavin Burr, who's the sweetest, and his podcast is the sweetest. And I'm on that too, so you can stalk me at your zero podcast. You can tweet them. Uh, you can also tweet us at, at Polly Want Podcast and ask us questions. Today I have Johnny Walker on the show. Hi, Johnny. Hey there. Or Jonathan. Whichever, it's fine. Johnny, air quotes, Jonathan Walker. That's about right. Uh, he leads a peer discussion, uh, peer discussion group at a community center in town. Um, he introduced me to polyamory as an ethical non-monogamy lifestyle. Um, so he's pretty close to my heart, and he's kind of, you know, a leader in the community, so I'm really happy to have him. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yay, I'm so excited. Um, so what I'd first like to do is just get your personal definition of polyamory, because it's so different for everyone. What is it to you? Well, to me, all right, well, let me, let me, start, let me start objectively speaking. Objectively speaking, I view polyamory as but one subset of a larger category of ethical non-monogamy, which would include swinging, partner swapping, anything like that. But polyamory, and and mind you, this is my own personal definition, focuses a lot more on maintaining multiple emotional connections. Um, Of course, there's a sexual component, uh, but there could just as easily not be. In my experience, polyamory is for people that want to establish and maintain multiple emotional connections between between partners. Um, For me personally... It means autonomy. Uh, I personally identify as solo poly. Uh, mm-hmm. And even though I cohabitate, even though I live with my, my primary partner, uh, she and I are incredibly independent people. We don't restrict each other. We don't you know, have ultimatums or mm-hmm. keep track of each other's behavior in any way. Um, polyamory also to me means the opportunity to fully and unabashedly express myself to my partner. It means that I can tell my partner anything to include my attraction to other people or my interests in other people. Um, and so there's a level of honesty there that I, that I haven't found anywhere else uh, in any other style of relationships that I really like. Yeah, monogamy does not really lend itself to honesty. Not that inherently, but just in my experience. It, there, and, and see, that's the unfortunate part. And, and you know, I, I would like to put the disclaimer on there that I don't believe that polyamory is superior to any other style of relationship. Um, in fact, in some ways, it's inferior. It's infinitely more complex mm-hmm. to have multiple partners. There's a lot more variables, a lot more chance for hurt feelings. Um, and I've known many, many people that are monogamous and have made it work for them. Uh, and if that's what you need, if that's what works for you, go for it. Um, it's admirable. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Discipline. And... I think anybody that can be everything for another person, that is, that is a feat that I'm not capable of. So mm-hmm. more power to you if you are. Yeah. And I also don't normally associate solo poly and cohabitation. Because solo poly means essentially you're your own primary. You kind of take care of your needs first. Right. Uh, and, and from what I found online, that is... That is the common definition. So I do kind of, I, I get some odd looks from people when I tell them that I'm solo poly, but I'm also cohabitating. I interpret solo poly as meaning I place my own needs first. And it just so happens that my needs 
or to live with your partner, or to or to live with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, my partner and I, both of us, are incredibly independent. We we seek to satisfy our own needs first, and that's the foundation of our relationship. And that sounds strange to some people, mm-hmm. but I love it. That sounds great. Honestly, it's it's uh, it's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like coming home to someone and having that stability at home, and then just like doing your own thing. We have we have a conversation every couple of months. We do kind of a check in where we're like, is this relationship still meeting all of our needs, or or are we happier in this relationship than we would be apart? Mm-hmm. And as long as the answer to that is still yes, we will continue to date. But that I think is so cute. I think that both of us came from families that uh, were dysfunctional and from parents that should have been divorced years prior. Uh, so the idea of keeping up a relationship that isn't functional is just not something that appeals to us. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my rationale for identifying myself as solo poly. Um, I know that most people wouldn't agree with that, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care. So. No, I think it's such a subjective thing too. I just, I feel like when people hear solo poly, almost in the same way that there's that stigma with polyamory where it's just, Oh, you're just sleeping around. Like there's kind of when people hear solo, they're like, "Oh, anarchy!" You know, like you're just you're just out to get your own. Like there's no primary. Like, um, but I like the idea of being solo poly and also, you know, picking up the needs of your partner as a part of what you need. Right. So for me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, all of the terms associated with polyamory are open to interpretation. So, to me, solo poly has its own definition. As far as I'm concerned, that varies drastically when you get it into the the larger sphere. Um, But that's pretty typical of polyamory as far as I'm concerned. People have different definitions for compersion or polycule or or any of the other terminology associated with it. So for me, solo poly simply means that I put my own needs first and so do my partners. And that that suits us very well. I think it's good to be selfish to a degree Mm -hmm. uh, or to at least be aware of what your own needs are and prioritize them because if you're not happy then you're less capable of making other people happy yeah selflessness like at the detriment to your actual happiness doesn't really become selflessness anymore right yeah exactly i totally agree with that and i also i think it's so fun and i always go to the poly 101 meetings if i can even though i've already been to them because each time you ask people you ask the group to define it and every single person has a different definition and that is so fun to watch that's that's a really important part of the meetings that I facilitate. I start off every single meeting with uh, defining the terms that we're using because you can't have a productive conversation without using common terms or at least understanding the full spectrum that those terms can apply to. So every single meeting, uh, I assume that there's at least one person in the room that is not going to have any idea what compersion is. Yeah. And so I will spend the first 10 to 15 minutes going in the room saying, who would like to volunteer a definition? Who disagrees with that definition? Why? Mm-hmm. Which is also, I mean, I've been to meetings where we spend half the time just defining something because that's what works it out for people. It, it definitely aids in conversation. I know plenty of people that avoid labels as, as hard as they possibly can. I don't want to call it that. Right. I don't, want, I don't want to call myself anything. I don't want to say that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. polyhierarchist or a polyanarchist or that this is my girlfriend or my partner or whatever. But at some point, you, you really have to describe it in some way. So I think it's better to use these terms frequently 
and encounter people that disagree with your definition so that you can learn to adapt it to different situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's beneficial to polyamory. The more aware people are of the vocabulary, the easier it is to communicate it to someone who doesn't understand. Or exactly. is like someone who struggles with compersion, if they're the kind of person that's like, oh, well, like, yeah, like I love them, and then that, like, and they don't want to define what that love means, then they're going to continue to struggle with compersion until they, you know, define it and they figure it out for themselves and hear what it's like for other people. Exactly. Yeah. Very beneficial. How did Polly come into your life? That's a fun question. That is a good question. Um, I. I, I was poly at heart for many, many, many years. I would say since I was a, a young teenager. Um, and the first time that the thoughts ever started to brew in my head, I was raised very religiously, very much centered around monogamy, about finding that one person that will satisfy your every need. Um, I fell in love with my best friend, who was a lesbian, and we had absolutely no sexual compatibility whatsoever. Um, and so, you know, I spent a fair, fair number of years being madly in love with this person that I could never, that could never completely satisfy me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also dated other people at the same time. And there was always this duality. There was always this cognitive dissonance with being in love with somebody, but also loving other people and dating them and, you know, and having some level of compatibility with them. And it always ended up causing problems. The person that I was dating would find out how close I was to this other woman and it would completely throw a wrench in everything. And I would... Despite her orientation. Right, right. And, And I would feel guilty because I was conflicted. I was confused. I didn't understand how this was possible. I was looking for an all or nothing thing. I was looking for somebody that would replace her, somebody that would take her place, mm-hmm. and it never happened. Um, I didn't encounter the actual concept of polyamory and the idea that it was a viable lifestyle option until I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually met a dear friend of mine through an online dating site, the person that ended up... Uh, introducing me to the poly group that I now lead and co-facilitating it with me. And she's an amazing woman. And if she's listening to this, then I'm incredibly appreciative to her for, for introducing it to me and being my first uh, experience in that. She, I was in the middle of a really dysfunctional monogamous relationship and she, without sh- judgment or shaming, introduced me to a lot of, a lot of the concepts and kind of held my hand and uh, was hurt by me uh, <laughs> as I, as I took those first baby steps and learned how to communicate, how to how to express myself in that way. Um, so it was a long, a long process. But I think at my heart, I always had the capacity. I just had to learn the vocabulary and 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 being around other people. If there, if anybody listening to this is struggling with this. The first thing that I would suggest is going and finding a social group of people that identify as polyamorous. There is something powerful about being in a room full of other people that I, that that live that lifestyle as just kind of validation, as proving that it is possible. And and fully high functioning people, normal, normal, no, quote air quote normal ish people. Are, are out there living this lifestyle and are very happy doing it. That will take you 
beyond the threshold of doubt. It will prove to you that it is possible. So that's step number one. More that changed anything. everything for my boyfriend too. Because mm-hmm. he was always, you know, like, oh, maybe this will work, I don't know. And then he went to the meeting by himself. What a saint. And um, what, he, what he saw there changed the way that he thought about polyamory. Because he was, I mean, not that everyone there is just, you know, you know, straight and narrow. But for him to see, like, this isn't what people define it as their own, what monogamous people see it to be, it really changed it. And it made him a lot less insecure and possessive just to see that people were normal there. And not, you know, fighting and angry. And he expected to go and sit in a room full of people being like, well, you did this and I did that. And I'm like, that's not what that means. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, we, we are typically pretty good about not dipping into the anecdotal rabbit hole of, you know, complaining about exes or anything like that. It happens. It always, you know, it always has the potential to when you're talking about conflict resolution or jealousy. There's always that chance. But for the most part, the group that I lead is incredibly positive. We try to orient everything towards what did you learn from that experience. And a lot of what we talk about can be applied to most any style of relationships. We talk a lot about effective communication, jealousy, compersion, time management, all things that anyone really could benefit from. We just tend to focus more on what makes it unique in a polyamorous setting. How is communication complicated when there are more than two people? Um, I totally agree. Yeah, that was fun for the... um, We talked about love languages. And a lot of it was just, you know, poly wasn't really mentioned that much. But it was more in the context of polyamory, like, you know, how you satisfy your own needs. But that's one of those things, even in your personal relationships that aren't romantic, which polyamory also touches a lot on, it helps you become a better a lover and a better communicator and a better person. Things, things that I've learned from polyamory and from that discussion group have aided me in every aspect of my life, but especially communication. And when we talk about communication, we rightfully place it as the centerpiece, the, the, the thing around which every relationship functions is communication, is being able to, first of all, know what your needs are and communicate them, mm-hmm. and to be able to identify what your partner's needs are. If, if you can do those things and communicate about them openly, you will have a successful relationship or you will figure out that your relationship cannot possibly be successful one way or the other. Yeah, like learn the hard way, essentially. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's really cool. I think it's helped me a lot with my family and I don't know what I would do without the support group, to be honest. I think a lot of people benefit a lot from that. And it's just a good way to communicate because it's hard to date monogamous people. I don't have my poly legs yet. You know, it's rough. And that's not a responsibility everyone's ready to take on. So I think it's easier to to watch the poly community interact and understand and learn by example. Like watching married couples communicate, to me, is my favorite. I love watching poly married couples. It's like goals. Yeah. No, I I think that um, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the group. I wouldn't be where I am. You know, it's a sense of community. And people like to disparage communities... um, it's, it's just a collection of individuals. There's not a unified theory, but it's an opportunity to see how it, how it works for other people. It can open a lot of doors, open a lot of horizons for you. So mm-hmm. again, first, first step number one to anybody that's thinking about it, find a local group, find, even if it's just a, a meetup at a bar, you know, just, just go out and, and watch and observe and learn. Start a thread on Reddit, get those people out. There you go. Whatever, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
So speaking of definitions, uh, what does compersion mean for you or just in general objectively? It's a really good question. Um, I would say the, the first question that I get when I mention to people that I'm polyamorous is how do you deal with the jealousy? I would get so jealous. You must be like Buddha or something. No, Uh, everybody deals with jealousy at some point. We are not above that. Uh, We, for the most part, have just learned how to identify the triggers that lead to jealousy. Oftentimes jealousy isn't even an issue with the current partner. It's you remembering some past trauma, be it from a past relationship or from your parents. I personally have huge abandonment issues that were, you know, given to me by my parents. Uh, And so, you know, that expresses itself often in my relationship. So when I think I'm feeling jealousy, actually what I'm feeling is uh, a reminder to an unresolved childhood trauma. That's not the case for everybody. But in most cases, it really helps to peg down exactly what it is that you are hurting about and disassociating that from your partner and realizing that they're not trying to hurt you. They are just pursuing what makes them happiest. Um, and you mentioned defining compersion. This is, now there, there, there's a bit of a spectrum of, of a definition here. Some people have a different idea. My, for me personally, compersion is any time that you witness joy in your partner uh, and that inspires a feeling of joy in you. Now, in, po- in, in terms of polyamory, that means being happy that your partner is experiencing joy from another relationship. Now, it doesn't matter what the source of that joy is. It, it could be anything. Um, yeah, sure. Or a new job or a new car or a new boyfriend mm-hmm. or, or their first threesome, whatever. It, it, it's less important what is inspiring that joy in your partner and more that when you see it, you are happy as well. And this is an important concept for Polly um, because in an ideal sense, you should be happy that your partner is happy. You should be thrilled that their needs are being met no matter where they're being met. If the love that you have for your partner is true and genuine, you should be thrilled that they are happy in, in another relationship. Um, would you say that jealousy and compersion are opposites? I would say that they are not mutually exclusive. I would say that you can feel both of them simultaneously. I would say that you can still feel jealous after many, many years of being polyamorous, but also simultaneously be happy for your partner. Um, mm-hmm. it, they're both like muscles. They're both like... They're, they're both things that you can learn and things that you can unlearn in time and with practice. The more that you try to feel compersion for your partner, the more likely you are to succeed at it. Um, but I don't think that they're opposites. I don't think that one necessarily gets stronger because the other is getting weaker. I think that it's an effort, an active concerted effort on your part to decide in each encounter which of those two things you're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this came to mind when you were talking about that, but a lot of first-time polyamorous relationships or relationships that are trying, um, they go for a don't ask, don't tell style relationship. And I'd be interested to hear maybe like your definition of it and how you feel about that. So, so what you're describing is what's known as a disclosure policy. And a lot of uh, new polyamorous couples 
establish a, as you say, a don't ask, don't tell disclosure policy. It's basically just, you know, what do you want to hear? What do you not want to hear? Some people don't want to hear any of the physical details of your other relationships. That is a hard line for them. That's a trigger. They will get upset. Other people don't want to hear that you are becoming emotionally close to your partner. They don't want to hear you say that you love your other partner or that you're feeling close to them or that you have great conversations with them. Uh, it's not a bad thing to set up boundaries like that. It's not a bad thing when you're first starting out to say, you know, I really want this to go well for us, but I can tell that I have a really poor reaction whenever you mention having sex with this person. So if we could just avoid that topic, things will go better. That is actually a good thing. That is you establishing that boundary and recognizing that in yourself, first of all, takes a huge amount of introspection. And second of all, will improve the longevity of the relationship and make it more likely that you will succeed. Um, my partner and I have a full and total disclosure policy. We do not keep secrets from each other. We tell each other everything. And that's important because anybody that knows us and is in a relationship with us knows that. If they want to keep a secret with me from my partner, they need to explicitly tell me so ahead of time. Mm. Because otherwise, I will tell her. And that has led to hurt feelings once or twice, but that's how we live our lives. We don't hide anything from each other. Yeah, I respect that a lot. That's good. What does that mean for polyamory and honesty? The non-disclosure, do you think that's being dishonest or do you think it's just that, the boundaries? I think there's a difference between lying and omission. Okay. I think that there's a difference between deliberately deceiving somebody and telling them a falsehood as opposed to omitting information because it was requested. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, now if you, if you omit something because you're afraid that it might hurt somebody, but they haven't explicitly set up that boundary... Uh, that's kind of a gray area. I would say that is just on the cusp of being dishonest. Mm-hmm. You know, if if my partner and I haven't explicitly agreed that it's okay for me to go have sex with somebody, and then I just do it and omit that truth from her because I'm afraid of hurting her feelings, that's just cheating. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not being polyamorous at that point. There, there's a there's a importance to ethical non monogamy. Yeah, that's ethical. something that's very important as well. People, I don't think realize that cheating happens in poly as well and it's not a level of like you go sleep with someone else it's a level of the amount of honesty that you share with your partner sure i mean people make mistakes i'm I'm not gonna rail against anybody that has ever made a mistake or slipped up you know things happen i've been there but in an ideal sense and and we say this all the time the only rule that there is in polyamory however you poly is fine but the only rule is that you be honest about it if you're not being honest, then you're not practicing polyamory as much as you're just cheating on mm-hmm. your partner or being dishonest with them. Um, you know, some people some people might want to bend that rule a little bit. I leave that up to them. But for me personally, the the entire purpose of this is to have a relationship where I can be completely honest with my partner. I don't want a relationship where I, I feel like I have to lie in order to be who I am. That's why I got out of monogamy. Yeah, I totally understand that. And I think that's something that people that seek out polyamory are specifically seeking out. And that a lot of monogamous people that I've dated find a breath of fresh air because they normally say it's not that you're sleeping with other people, it's that I 
that I don't know where you are, you know, like stuff like that. So things like boundaries and check-ins and stuff like that really help people that have been burned by cheating before. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Polyamory isn't just safe cheating. So what are some things that you feel like are common misconceptions or polyamory tropes that you see a lot of? It's all about sex. Um, oh yeah, every time. <laughs> that that's I, I would say right after the how do you not get jealous question, it's oh well you just want to have more sex and not wrong, right? Not, not, wrong. not false. I'm not going <laughs> to say I'm not going to say you're wrong necessarily, but um, no, I, I've known more than a handful of people that identified as completely asexual and polyamorous um, because they enjoyed having multiple really intimate emotional connections with people without guilt. And so, and, and of course, that's an extreme example. Uh, that's one end of the spectrum. But it gives you an idea of the spectrum that is polyamory. It's not all about the sex. Not necessarily. There are, there are people out there that are perfectly content having a monogamous sexual life, uh, but having multiple emotional relationships. And me personally, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the sex. No, but I'm, I'm in it because I enjoy the idea of exploring my sexuality so again you're not wrong but you're not right either um the other one that i get a lot um i will say i was surprised that so many because when i first came into poly you know like it's fresh meat or whatever i was surprised at how many men wanted to just date and not sleep with me. And I was like, what is, this is nice. Like, well, you're, uh, What you're describing here is uh, polysaturation. You hit a point where you can't, you just, you just don't have any more to give people, honestly. Like, everybody has a sexual cap, even people that claim otherwise. You hit a point where if you were to give any more to anybody else, it would be at your own detriment. Mm -hmm. And the smart people learn where that line is and not to go past it. So yeah, you'll encounter that a lot. You're, you'll encounter a lot of men that are already completely sexually satisfied in their life, but they still want to form meaningful connections with, with other people. Uh, the other common stereotype that I get, I would say, is uh, that poly... I'll say this. Polly's not for everybody. Polly's not a Band-Aid oh, to fix your everybody. relationship. But I see a lot of you know, couples that get into polyamory thinking, yeah, we're going to go find a hot young thing you know, to have a threesome with. <gasps> the unicorn. Uh, the unicorn. Um, and, and that's going to totally fix our relationship in this sexual and emotional stagnation that we're experiencing right now. Nuh-uh. Now, if you're having issues in your relationship, that would include you know, issues with communication or honesty. Um, becoming polyamorous is just going to exacerbate that. You're That's just... hilarious to think someone would become poly because they don't talk to their partner enough. Well, I've seen crazier things happen. I've seen people turn to polyamory for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and especially when you're, you're joining as a couple... You're going to get different things out of polyamory, and you're going to find all kinds of boundaries and hard lines that you didn't have any idea were there. So, my that's the fun part. Oh yeah, sure. My main caution to anybody that's first getting into poly is that make sure your intentions are right. If you're doing it because you're trying to salvage a dysfunctional relationship, or trying to sleep around, or yeah, and be sure. dishonest, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I would, I would advise against it honestly polyamory does not make anything simpler it makes everything more complicated 
Mm-hmm. It really, really does. So not always in a negative way. Not always in a negative but way. Strictly, like by the definition of complication, things become more complicated. You're adding more variables to the equation, so there's a lot more variability, of course. Um, so that that's the other thing uh, I would say is you know I, I also a stereotype that I encounter within the polyamorous community is that polyamory is superior to any other style of relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I met uh, a, a young lady from a, a sister community in Florida that came to our group and proclaimed that polyamory was the next step of human evolution and in another 50 years everyone was, everyone was going to be bisexual and poly and it was going to be a big happy orgy. Um, no, that's not the case. I've known plenty of people that are perfectly content in monogamous relationships and again, if it's whatever makes you happy, honestly, um, but no, I, I, I personally don't think that poly is superior in any way. Uh, I think that it's just better for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot. Most, I would say the majority of polyamorous people feel that way. I think that the, the percentage of people that are poly that are like, oh yeah, like we were meant to just do this. Uh, I think it's pretty low. Yeah. No, that's been, my, uh, again, it depends on the community you're in. I'm honestly yeah. surprised with how much the... Oh, sure. Maybe we're spoiled. Maybe we are. Uh, Maybe the we Houston... have a great poly community in Houston. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. It's it's a mixed bag, but I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> Some of them are awful. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with how much it's grown in the two years that I've been interacting with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's come a long way. You know, it's gotten bigger. It's gotten more inclusive. We've learned a lot. Uh, so I'd say we're on the right track. But it's still a very conservative area. A lot of us have to live with the fear of discrimination or. You know, losing our job for being sexual deviants or something like that. So I have the luxury of not worrying about that. But we have a long way to go. We really do. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm optimistic. I do have to point out and say before we finish that everyone that I've brought to the support group and everyone that's gone without me at my recommendation has said that you were their favorite part and that you relaxed them and made them feel more comfortable like and like as a therapist, but not in a scary way. <laughs> and so I can honestly say, like you, your leadership has changed the polyamory community for sure. Um, and every time I see you and talk to you, I feel better about it and hopeful about it. And when I see you and your partner, that you guys set a great example for what a healthy polyamorous relationship looks like. And you guys that facilitate the group are great at what you do. So we appreciate it. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I've only ever tried to do, to give back what was given to me when I first came to the community. All I wanted was to feel included and safe and to be able to explore. And so I've only ever tried to pay that forward and give that back. So I I do appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Johnny. You're very welcome. Thank you. Mockingbird Network.